Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's program was brought to you by Copper and Kings, pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. For more information, visit copperandkings.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. My weekly cleaning advice column, Ask a Clean Person, appears on Esquire.com, and you should feel free to send your questions to JolieCare at gmail.com. My guests today are Daniel Gritzer and Leslie Stockton. Hi, Daniel and Leslie. Hey, how's it going? Hi. It's going great. <laughs> I love having a twofer. I especially love having a twofer when the twofer are both experts on something. And I get to just sit back and not do very much, which is very exciting. Let me introduce Daniel and Leslie a little bit more. Uh, loyal listeners will remember Daniel. He should need no introduction for you. Daniel is the culinary director at Serious Eats, where he writes about food, cooking, and recipes with an eye to obsessive recipe testing and myth busting. Leslie is a staff writer and the test kitchen manager at The Sweet Home. She's been working in restaurant catering and test kitchens for almost two decades. I'm so excited to have them here today to talk about cleaning and caring for two of the most essential kitchen tools, knives and cutting boards. We probably just really couldn't do what we do in the kitchen if it weren't for our knives, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we're going to use the first segment to talk about knife care. And in the second segment, we'll tackle the subject of what to do about stained and smelling cutting boards. Uh, I'm also hoping that they'll share some gruesome tales of knife accidents because I'm a sick human being. Um, and Daniel, you know, he's, he's been here before. It's not his first rodeo over at Ask Clean Person podcast. His sort of like little little niche that he's carved out for himself here is the is the gory tale. There were yeah. the gory restaurant tales. Last time there was a very gory knife. Well, it wasn't a knife tale. It was a meat slicer, right? Meat slicer, meat you're slicer. right. Exactly. <laughs> See, I remember these things. I, Leslie is like burying her face in her hands. Oh, Leslie, it was a real bad one. I got to send you that episode. Um, okay, but before we get into the gory stuff, uh, I'm going to start with a question. I'm going to make Daniel and Leslie answer it. I'm not even going to answer the questions today because I have experts. Yay. Uh, okay, so here we go. Katie writes, <clears throat> is it gross negligence to put your good knives in the dishwasher? If you load them strategically so they don't bump around and dull the blades. 
What if you load it promptly so they don't sit in the sink and get knocked around and blunted? Please? It's easier to load everything so I don't have to find a dish towel for drying in the pile of unfolded laundry. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, indeed, Katie. You and I need to talk about that pile of unfolded laundry. But that is another topic for another show, another episode of Ask a Clean Person on the podcast. So what we're going to really talk about is the knives, the knives in the dishwasher, the knives getting knocked around in the sink, mm-hmm. all kind of knife stuff. So I I will say uh, the three of us, I'm going to include myself in this. The three of us are all people who have good knives we have good knives we have good pots and pans we're kitchen people i mean i'm a clean person but i'm also a cooking person um not quite in the way that leslie and daniel are but i love to cook i i'm I'm house proud i'm very proud of my kitchen tools all that kind of stuff but we need to acknowledge that not everybody has the same quality of knives that we have so we want to talk about katie's question which was about her good knives right but i also want to talk about the less good knives and where where the line comes in in a realistic person's home where they don't have the best knives, they have a dishwasher, they're not super diligent, like what can and can't go in the dishwasher? Well, I'll just um, jump in and say I also have crappy knives. Daniel! <laughs> I mean, they're useful. You want to have the knives that you can bash around, bang up, not care about okay. too much. Um, and then, of course, I have my knives that that I'm obsessive about. Okay. So, wait, what what brand are you obsessive about, or do you do you go across brands? I cross brands. Okay. Um, okay. Although my favorite favorite knife is a carbon steel uh, blade made by Misono, which is a Japanese okay. uh, knife maker. I have a carbon Misono as well. Woo! There you go. Love See? it. Peas in the pot. Yeah, indeed. Are you also a mix and match knife yeah. person, oh, Leslie? Sure. I would imagine. Yeah. Currently, I'm long term testing our top pick, the Mac. Uh, MTH80, which is a really nice knife. You're still really liking it as a pick? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. And since you mentioned it, are there any um, upcoming guides that you can can tease for us? Uh, Pairing knives. Ooh, that's a good one. That's uh, a good one. Currently in edit and will be up. Maybe in a couple of weeks. Awesome. 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 Yeah, I'm Very curious cool. about that. I have my own my own theory about pairing knives, but I'm curious to see what you guys recommend. Oh, I mean, our our stance on pairing knives is definitely like cheaper the better. Yeah, that's mine. Don't oh. spend a lot of money on your like, pairing knife. Can two dollar, pair- four dollar pairing knife. Can the pairing knife yeah. go in the dishwasher? You know what? Honestly, I, I would say across the board no, but there are some dishwashers that have that silverware rack in the very top Mm -hmm. that have the slats yes and if you can stick your paring knife never ever put your chef's knife in there but if you can stick your cheap victorinox six dollar paring knife in that slat wait i have that one i it's that is my that is my favorite knife of all of the knives and all of the lands and all of the seas that is my favorite knife. It's this teeny tiny little thing. I got it at like a restaurant supply yeah. joint yep. in Boston. I ride it forever. I use it for everything. We refer to it as my Jolie knife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those, that, that's my go-to pairing knife also. It's the best thing yeah. in the world. Every chef will agree that the Victorinox pairing knife oh. is the best bang for your ah, buck. I feel so wicked smart. <laughs> totally. I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay, so those can those can go in the, uh, in the dishwasher under the circumstances that Leslie has described. You have that top shelf where, you know, each... Each piece of silverware sits in its own, and it will not bang, but I would never put a chef's knife in the dishwasher. Ever, under any circumstances. Ever, because there's no place for it to nestle, really, um, unless you have some fantastic dishwasher with a certain setup. 
but still, I still would never do it. And if you have a fantastic dishwasher with a certain setup, you probably also have really, really, really nice knives. Well, so that's not probably, always the case. Maybe not. Okay, you're right. That's true. I've worked in... People, I, have, people have their decorative kitchens that they don't ever use. I've, I've, I've catered in some pretty fancy-schmancy Park Avenue apartments where the whole kitchen was absolutely gorgeous, and they were working with a really sad set of knives. Amazing. Yeah. It's pretty common, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, guess I, I guess I believe that. Or beautiful knives yeah. that are in such poor condition that they might as well be the crappiest knives right. that you buy at the you know dollar store. I've seen right. that too. Exactly. Okay. So so we basically said no, no dishwasher. Yeah. I mean, the, the considerations, like Leslie was saying, if, if there is a really proper place where you can put the knife, that helps a lot. Um, it's, it's dangerous to have blades in the dishwasher, I think. You know, you, you're rifling through there. You're unloading the dishwasher. You can yeah. cut yourself. Um, so I've, there's a safety concern, and particularly, like Leslie said, if there's not a place for particular knives, um, you know, you're going to put it, you're going to stick it somewhere, and you may, or maybe someone in your family is going to cut themselves on it later when they don't right. realize it's in there. Um, and I th- maybe dishwasher technology has changed, but the the wisdom for a long time is also just that dishwashers will uh, speed up the dulling of the blade. Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah, and then of course it depends on the handle, and you can damage the handle. There are lots of things. Yeah, you get heat considerations with some handles yeah, if you've got a handle yeah. that's. Um, and this is probably more true for um, like silverware, like silverware knives. Um, a lot of times the blade and the handle will be attached using wax. So if you oh, if you cool. have if you have like I actually just learned this when I was at home for Christmas, and my dad was like, "Nope." All the silver can go in the dishwasher except for the knives. Wash, hand wash those, and then I hand wash them. Um, and he explained. So I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. But it makes sense." Um, okay, so but basically, basically, we are coming down on like, don't just hand wash the knives. Just don't do it. Just yeah, don't it's do better. It. It's okay. better not to. Here's the other thing. It doesn't take that long to hand wash a knife. <laughs> I, like, I didn't want to say that. I know. I'm, well, let's, I'm here to. I'm here to inject some. They're one of the dose, easiest things do, to wash. Dose of reality. So yeah, it's not. It's not your baking pan that's nothing's got, cooked onto your knife yeah, plate it's got at all. Potato gratin baked onto it. Like it's a knife. Yeah, I mean, it's if you make our... it a habit to just rinse the blade at the very least, rinse it yes. uh, right after you're using it before you sit down to eat or anything like that. You're going to get the stuff off that can dry and crust on and make it harder to get off later. Um, yeah. and that, you know, I always do that. I just, I just put the blade under the uh, the sink under the faucet and give it a rinse, and maybe I wash it all the way at that point. Or if I'm in a rush, I I I just let the rinse stand for that time, and yeah. I come back later and finish it. And it's just not hard. Here's a here's a nifty little mi- mind trick to play on yourself when you're like oh i don't want to wash that i'm just gonna rinse it rinse it and then if your hand gets wet tell yourself my hand's wet anyway i should wash it i do that all the time oh that's a good one yeah i like that yeah it's like a good i don't know it's like a it's like those tricks you use to get yourself to the gym or something it's like well my oh. hand's already wet i might as well i might as well wash this if yeah. you have those tricks please share yeah that's probably another another show it's <laughs> like that's a whole other series um Okay, so in terms of hand washing, are there any rules that you guys have about it? Are there any, uh, you know, use a scrubby back sponge, don't use a scrubby back sponge, use a Brillo, don't use a Brillo, dry it immediately after washing it, any of those kinds of things? No Brillo. Okay. No green side of the Scotch-Brite sponge. Yellow side is great. If you have the Scotch-Brite sponge that's blue and light blue... Maybe you you can use that scoury part because that's for Teflon, that's right? Light, I, that's the lighter one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you do happen to have some food all caked in uh, where the blade meets the handle, 
and you don't have like a seamless bolster situation, just go ahead and get in there with that blue scrubby part. Okay. And, you know, just be careful. Don't cut yourself. Yeah. I like to keep one hand like soap free, like the one hand that holds the handle. Yes, that's a smart uh, idea. So that it doesn't slip out of my hand. That's happened to me before. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and one of Ouch. one of the things I try to do is, from a safety standpoint, is I will I will wash the blade approaching it with the sponge from the uh, the dull side. Okay. I don't put the blade facing my palm, you know, yep. with the sponge in my hand, because then you could cut through potentially. You yeah. Know? That's so. Good rule of thumb. Com- yeah. Common sense. Yeah. That is a good one. That's a very good spine up, spine towards palm, spine towards yes. palm. Yes, very Blade smart. Away. Yeah. Very smart. Um, one other suggestion when you were talking about the the scrub sponges, I think probably Adobe Pad would be safe. Um, if you do need to get in and scrub, if something's stuck on because it's a non scratch um, scrubber sponge. That's the 3M thing that I love so much. Um, so that's good. Okay. So and then any other. Tips and dry immediately, air dry. Depend. I mean, it's good to dry immediately, especially if the blade is is non stainless steel, like a carbon steel blade, okay. which will rust and stain. Yeah. Um. I mean, stainless steel eventually will also. Uh. It it's good habit. Okay. Dry the blade. Yeah. I mean, I, also true if you have a if you have a wooden handle, you want to dry the wood because of the for sure, yeah. you know exposure to moisture will cause warping and cracking and splitting and all that good stuff, which we're going to talk more about when we do cutting board chit chat and any sort of composite like a pack of resin type handle okay yep very good all right so this was this was good i mean it was pretty straightforward basically the answer is eh, don't put them in the dishwasher we're sorry we would listen we would love to be able to tell you what you want to hear but that's not really why you're listening to this you're, you're listening to this because you want to know the the right thing to do so um it yeah, won't take that long i don't even put my vegetable peeler in the dishwasher no totally so, definitely yeah not. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> vegetable peelers are real a real bear to wash. I I never feel like I'm getting them clean. That's why you you just buy like a well, lot of them. You buy a lot of them. I I'm yeah. totally totally convinced that the best ones are the Y peelers. The Y peelers. That's what I use um, with the Kun carbon Recon. steel blade. Yeah. Like they're made by uh, yeah Kuhn Recon. Yeah. Um, that's what I have. Oh my god, I have all the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. <laughs> I have all the good. Stuff. And they do rust, and people for and yep. do people kind of freak out about it. But, you know, the one thing I always tell people is you can't get tetanus by ingesting a little bit of rust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can also go buy a new one. They're not that expensive. They're $5. Yeah. Yeah. I buy them in like three at a time at least. Yeah. Fancy. Big spender <laughs> yeah. over here. <laughs> Just blowing Big my spender cap. grits are over here. <laughs> um, all right. So we have a little more time, thank goodness, before uh, we have to kick to break. So I want to hear horror stories, please. Horror stories. I want to hear knife horror stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disappoint a little because I think, and this goes. Really well, I think to, you've told all the good ones. Told all the, yeah, <laughs> meats. Be careful around the meat slicers. That's the real takeaway Oof. from all. Um, you know, I I try to keep my blades sharp. Sometimes I lapse a little bit, but um, I, you know, I have whetstones at home, and I know that's asking a lot for a lot of folks at home to do. And I don't, I don't necessarily expect that that's what everyone is going to do or even should do. Uh, but as a professional, I keep my knives sharp and. And I really, really always have to knock wood when I say this because I feel like I'm I'm just setting myself up uh, to eat my words. But I've never had a bad knife accident in the kitchen. Wow. Um, you know, a tiny nick here and there, sure. Yeah. I, I've and this has to do with the knife, the blades being sharp. Um, it's much safer, assuming that you have uh, some good knife handling techniques. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, I mean, of course it could happen. I could be in the hospital next week having I hope not. cut myself, but uh, I've, I've <laughs> never done it. The, the one thing I was going to say is I, I um, the, that Misono knife that I love so much, the carbon steel blade, one of the things I love about uh, a lot of carbon steel is it's really easy to get it razor, razor, razor sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had just sharpened this blade and I was, it was in my restaurant days and I was coming home and I had it in my knife bag. And knife bags are designed to contain sharp knives. They're, they're like, you know, I don't know, ballistic canvas or something. Right. I, don't, I don't know what the material is, but it's, it's super rugged. And I was on the subway and I noticed this woman was staring at me. And I was like, why is she staring at me? And she's kind of looking down at my hand. And I, and I looked down and there's just blood dripping off my fingertip. Oh, no. <laughs> the knife had actually cut through the knife bag uh, all on its own somehow. Sliced its way through, and uh, and then the tip where it had where it had cut through had then sliced my finger. Not it wasn't a bad cut, but I was bleeding. Um, I hadn't even felt it. It was so sharp. I didn't even know it had happened. Oh my gosh! Um, and you know, it was it was embarrassing, and it was a minor thing. But I mean, that that that's probably that's a memorable knife cut. Actually, the only time I've gone to the hospital for my own for a blade related injury was was. Uh, after I was shaving and I was I slipped with a razor blade, Ooh. and that I got stitches for. Ooh, yeah, but do you that's... use a safety razor? Like yeah, it's the... like those old fashioned safety razors. Do you use the feather blades? Yeah, exactly. The double sided, the double edge. <sighs> those yeah. things are screaming sharp. They're sharp. They're sharp. So that's <laughs> right. my that's my story. All right, Leslie, you got any gruesome stories for me? I mean, I will say this. Uh, Cutting yourself with a sharp, straight blade is so much better than slicing yourself open with a serrated blade. Um, and it, it it happens. I mean, if you work 12-hour days, six days a week, you're going to get really tired and fatigued, and you're going to cut yourself open. And I sliced my hand open so badly with a serrated blade one time. Ouch. It was like... It was like someone took a saw. I mean, it is. It's. It's. Yeah, it's that's exactly it's a, what happened. Yeah, I mean, they are saws. It was, it was just meaty and. Oh. <laughs> and it took. I. I'm not kidding. It took like two months to heal because, like, you're just you just rip up all your muscle, <sighs> and it mm. was it was just gross, mm. and it turned five different colors, and I don't recommend cutting yourself with a serrated knife at all, but. When I was working at this one fish restaurant, I did see a bad cut, a really bad cut. Uh, the kid who cut fish. Um, so when you fillet a fish, you kind of rest your hand on top of the fillet, and then you run the knife along the bone mm-hmm. to get to get a nice clean fillet. And oh, oh. someone, I, like, I can feel where this is going. Called his name. Or something. I was down the line. This is in the basement prep area. And he just took his mm-hmm. screaming sharp boning uh. knife and just cut through his palm, ah! the tendons, the muscle. And, you know, when you sever that stuff in your hand, it he had to leave. Like, he had to leave and never come back because <laughs> he had... So many months, maybe a year of hand surgeries to tie to just sew all that stuff back together. It was just oh my gosh, I squirm just thinking about it. It was awful. That's awful. Well, on that note, (laughs) this is a good time to take a quick break. (laughs) Daniel, Leslie, and I are going to try to recover ourselves from that. 
and we'll be right back to talk about cutting boards. This is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Jack Inslee, the executive producer of Heritage Radio Network, also the host of Full Service Radio. And I want to talk to you about brandy. Uh, I was lucky enough to visit Louisville, and we all know Kentucky is whiskey territory. However, the best thing I had to drink was brandy. I got to visit Copper and King's Distillery, and they make pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, matured with rock and roll. That's right sonic aging they're playing music to the barrels the stuff is double distilled non-chill filtered unadulterated by bois sugar or caramel color and this stuff is feisty rambunctious with a long smooth finish the stuff isn't made exactly in the style of an international brandy or a cognac it's more along the lines of an american whiskey i can really be honest here and tell you i'm not just reading you an ad i'm giving you a tip american brandy you're not seeing it everywhere copper and kings is doing it incredibly well and they're cool people the distillery is full of incredible art like i said they're playing rock and roll to the barrels so again copper and kings pure copper pot distilled american brandy aged in kentucky bourbon barrels that's copperandkings.com Drink it neat, put it in a cocktail, sub it for your brown spirits, experiment, have fun, get funky. This stuff is awesome. Hello, and welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast and horror show. I'm Jolie Gare. My guests today are Daniel Gritzer and Leslie Stockton. We have not really recovered ourselves from that that very terrible story that Leslie just told us. Uh, we have been talking about knives, obviously, and now we are going to turn our attention to the prover- their proverbial sidekicks, the cutting boards. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think we can all say a word of thanks. But we're now on to cutting boards and not on to gruesome stories. Why do I do this to myself? I mean, I asked for it. I asked for it. I really did. Uh, anyway, we have um, we have a question about cutting boards. I actually am going to say that I have actually run this question in a Ask a Clean Person column when I was still back on Deadspin. Uh, it was such a good question. I decided to just use it again. I figured people won't be too mad at me. Um, and I will also say that there is a post about this, obviously, because I answered the question. So if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, this is great, and you want to go back and find the written version or like bookmark it or whatever, um, if you Google Jolie Care Cutting Boards, it's going to be the thing that pro- I think pops up first. I think I think it's the, f- the first one that pops up is the one about the smells on the cutting board. And then the second one is the uh, guy who melted the cutting board in their oven. 
Uh, yeah, always. <laughs> so many questions there. <laughs> the thing is, is that, that actually is a thing that happens more often than you would think. It's kind of an, it's kind of amazing. And I and I told this story um, in the column that I wrote about the melted cutting board. So there, in my book, my boyfriend barfed in my handbag and other things you can't ask. Martha, goodbye if you haven't already. Thank you. Um, in my book, there is a story about someone who melted a cutting board in the oven, and I like give the explanation how to clean it. And when I was doing all the press for my my book, when it came out, I did a lot of radio, um, which was great. I really enjoyed it. But I did one show where a woman, a woman host of the show, asked about the melted cutting board and was like almost like belligerent with me about it. She was like, "That doesn't happen," and I was like, "Well." It does, but someone wrote to me about it, so obviously it happens. Uh, I mean, I didn't say it like that. I was very nice, uh, but but here in my on my own show, I don't have to be so nice. Um, and and she and and I was like, no, no, listen. I was like, first of all, it did happen because someone wrote to me about it. And if one person writes about it, it it's guaranteed that someone else has had it happen. This is true of even the most esoteric questions in the world. Like someone asked me about melted butter that exploded in their car, and I was like, okay, well, this is. The, <laughs> This will only ever happen to one person. Oh, no. Like a year later, another question about... I mean, I did a podcast episode on it. Um, the You know, the my final post for Deadspin was about the Roomba that vacuumed the dog shit all over the house. Well, yeah, like a week after I got that first question, someone wrote to me with the exact same question. This happens often apparently so the thing is is that there's there's no such thing as a as a truly unique cleaning disaster if it happens to one person it'll happen to another and that's true of the melted cutting boards i do hear about it from people um so this woman was like first of all very insistent that it would never happen and then when i told her it did she was like well that person should just never be allowed in the kitchen and i was like no, that's ridiculous. Accidents happen. People store things in in New York. We store things in our ovens because we don't have a lot of space. And sometimes we forget. Um, in the case of the one that I wrote about on Deadspin, it was actually, it was a group of like college guys who held, held a party at their house. I think it was a frat house. Um, and a guest put the cutting board in the oven. They were like, we don't know why. But we didn't know it was in there. And so the ne- we turned the next day or two days later, whatever, we turned the oven on to cook something. And all of a sudden, there was this melted, burning plastic smell. So anyway, there you go. All these things happen. Uh, if you want to find the written version of this, go to, go to Deadspin and then click away because I don't write there anymore. Go to Esquire. Give them your clicks. Uh, so anyway, so here's the question. And then we're, we're, the three of us are all going to talk about how to answer it. Uh, the question was from uh, Terry. Here's something I haven't been able to solve. How does one get the onion smell out of wooden cutting boards? I like onions. I like strawberries. I don't like strawberries that taste of onions. Right. I like this question because it's so straightforward. We've all had this happen. Common problem. Um, Yeah. Very, very, very very common problem. Um, So I have tips. Should I let me give those first, and then I'll have you guys fill in if you've got any. There. Let me say this. There are a lot of different methods to getting rid of smells and cutting boards. and I'm going to give, I think, two, two or three of them. And then if you guys have favorite other methods, you can, you can pipe in. And then we'll talk a little bit about just sort of like general wood cutting board care because that's important. Um, okay, so here, here is the, the smell stuff. Um, <clears throat> method number one, uh, cut a lemon in half and just scrub the board with the lemon and then wash it as you would. Usually soap and water. 
Um, if the cutting board is smelly and also kind of has like stuck on crud, yeah, stains maybe, uh, add some salt to the, the cut side of that lemon and use that. It's like an exfoliant. It's like a nice little facial scrub for your cutting board. So that's good. The The reason that's good is that it's all natural. Wood is porous. You're not using anything that is going to like get in there and linger that you wouldn't put in your own in your own body. And and for a lot of people, that's very important. For some people, it's not important at all. And so I just offer these things as an option so that you guys can decide for yourself what's right. Because that's, you know, important. We're all adults here with free will. Um, <clears throat> that brings me right to the next one, which is bleach. Good old bleach. Uh, bleach is good. Here's what you want to do. You don't want to use a whole lot of it. One teaspoon to two quarts of water. Um, if you have a plastic cutting, I know the question was specifically about wood, but let's take plastic and wood and and bamboo, all those three. We're not going to talk about glass because if you have a glass cutting board, I want you to go home tonight and throw it away. That's terrible. Uh, We're also not going to talk about marble or other kinds of natural stone cutting boards because they're just not that common. Um, And also, I I think you shouldn't be using them. It's bad for your knife. They're so glass. Yeah, so bad. So, so bad for your knife. So just use that for serving. Use that for putting cheese out. It'll look pretty that way. Um, okay, so if you've got plastic, go ahead and just soak it in the bleach solution and then and then clean it as usual. It's such a tiny trace amount of bleach that you really are not going to be worrying about ingesting bleach after you've done this. Uh, it's going to get rid of stains. It's going to get rid of smells. Great thing to do. If you've got wood or bamboo, um, I'll sort of fast forward into like the, the rules of the wood cutting boards, what not to do. One of the main rules, actually probably like the main rule is don't submerge it in water. What can happen if you submerge a wood cutting board in water is that it can lead to warping. It can also lead to mildew. Um, so don't do that. So if you've got a wood cutting board and you want to use the bleach approach, just wipe it really well with the bleach solution. Sponge rag will be fine for that. <clears throat> if the thought of using bleach, on something that you're going to put your food on makes you feel uncomfortable, that's okay. It shouldn't make you feel uncomfortable. But for but for a lot of people, it does. And I'm not here to like tell you how to feel about things. Um, I, I will chime in, though, and say that uh, plenty of restaurants use that bleach solution to clean their surfaces. So if you're eating out, you're... You're, ingest- you're eating bleach. Yeah. And every, it's, and it's, every restaurant and it, uses bleach. Absolutely. Yeah, it's they a, considered a really safe, good way to keep... Uh, a commercial kitchen clean. Yeah. So, yeah. And it is, it is. I think, you know, people just have, um, a lot, there's a lot of fear about bleach. People feel, feel nervous and afraid. And so even though they, they can know on some rational level that they're, when they're, when they're eating out, they're eating out in a place where bleach is, it becomes different when they're using themselves. So I'm with you guys. I mean, I, I, I think it's a good thing to use. Um, but some people don't like it, and that's okay because mm-hmm. there are other options. So mm-hmm. the other option of you, you know, obviously use a lemon thing. You can also use white vinegar, my old favorite. Um, <clears throat> in this case, you want to use it undiluted. Same, same basic thing. Um, wipe it if it's wood. You can soak it if it's plastic. Um, if you also have really bad odors and just the vinegar alone isn't going to cut it, you can combine the vinegar with baking soda. Uh, which will also produce that very cool fizzing volcano effect, which people like so much. Um, the other thing, now this is this is not going to make bleach-fearing people feel okay, but the rest of us should feel okay about it. 
is hydrogen peroxide. Uh, 3% solution, that's a great one to use. Same same instructions. Um, one other baking soda thing you could, you could consider doing. Um, you can combine a teaspoon of baking soda with a teaspoon of salt and a teaspoon of water and make a paste out of that and rub it on the board. You let it sit for about 10 minutes and then wash it away. It'll be low enough water concentrate that's safe for wood. That's going to be really, really good at odors. Um, it will also probably have like a, a lightning bleaching effect on any stains. So those are those are some great ways to do that. Are there any that you guys have tucked up your sleeves that you want to share? You covered all my secrets. Okay. I'll, I'll add... Um... Well, first of all, this is like the woman who who got in the argument with you before. I've never had such a severe problem of such a stinky wooden cutting board. So part of it is like, just wash the cutting board well. It, I know that's an obnoxious thing to say, but... No, it's not. No, no, soap it's and not- water and scrub it and, you know, very good advice to not submerge it or, or soak it in water because it can warp. Uh, but it, I don't, it, like most smells will come off with a good scrubbing. Beyond that, though, the one thing I will say is you want to oil your cutting boards. Yeah. Um, wood is porous. Uh, <clears throat> it When it dries out, it's it's prone to cracking and, and warping anyway. Yeah. Um, and so what you want to do is take a, a food-grade mineral oil uh, every once in a while. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, you know, I don't. So, okay. Some of the like, kitchen supply stores will sell, sell it. As uh, you know, cutting board oil, cutting board oil and it'll yeah. be really expensive. Right. Uh, if you just find mineral oil that's considered uh, food grade, uh, that's fine. You okay. don't you don't need to uh, pay an arm and a leg for it. And you want you do want to saturate your cutting board, your wooden cutting board, mm-hmm. with that because uh, it will absorb the oil, mm-hmm. um, and that helps uh, impregnate it a bit, so it's less prone to absorbing other fluids. Mm-hmm. And you need to do this, you know, I don't know, once every six months or something mm-hmm. or a year if 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 once every six months sounds like more than you can handle and you really do you want you want to just kind of slosh it on and let the wood soak it up and then slosh it on again and let the wood soak it up okay uh and it's i like think cast iron pans in that way yeah it's, it's yeah. like seasoning it's like exactly it's sort of like seasoning the Which wood we talked about the last time that daniel was here um and that that should help prevent it from absorbing unwanted things okay cool do you have any favorite board oils i do okay booze makes a beeswax based hmm. like okay. thick like pasty oil okay that is dreamy we have a booze block topped center island in my kitchen, oh wow and it requires a lot of care and uh that it comes in a tube they have an oil and then they have this beeswax stuff that and the beeswax stuff is just i mean it's thick a little goes a long way okay and you it's kind of one of those things where after you're cooking at night one night every six months you just wipe the whole thing down Mm -hmm. go to bed by the time you wake up it has all absorbed yeah and it's It's like night cream for your butcher block exactly yeah but there you go. And do you use the do you use the this one that comes in a tube in conjunction with uh, an oil, or it's an either or thing? Oh, the uh, I guess you're right. The oil it gets oiled a little more often, mm. but the beeswax so stuff it's like a is finishing a, cream or something. Yeah, it, and, and it's used less often. I see. Okay, very interesting. Cool. I'm gonna. I have yeah, a I'll check that out. It's not booze. It's IKEA, but I have a butcher block butcher block like kitchen cart storage islandy type thing because my apartment's so tiny i need a i need extra mm-hmm. storage for my pots and pans um and yeah it's it's seen better days 
So maybe I'm going to get some of that stuff. And I highly recommend. And if you ever want to replace it, the booze island is nice. And one more thing, I do have to say. Okay. If after you do wash your board, just let it just stand it on end on an incline away from the wall so it gets all air all around it mm-hmm. yeah. overnight or you know for an extended period of time because that mildew smell comes from putting it away too soon. Yeah. Mm. So let me actually this is a good good segue into I'm going to give the let's see five five rules um, of caring for your wood cutting boards. And actually I'm also going to quickly say um, the Sweet Home recommends wood cutting boards Mm -hmm. that's in their guide you guys can go if you need a recommendation for a good cutting board uh an expensive one a budget pick go to the sweet home and just punch um cutting board into search we also recommend a plastic one okay excellent and i'm I'm gonna have leslie pipe pipe in with all these little things um wood over bamboo and plastic if you're if you're look if you're like what kind do i get there, there you go. But I think most people sort of come in on the have one wood and one plastic. And there, I'll tell you. So in, you can go, I'm not going to get too much into this, like, which is which is safer, plastic or wood. Um, there's a lot in that Deadspin post that I mentioned, so you can go read it. The, the reason I'm not going to get too much into it is because there are totally conflicting studies. Um, and so it's not as people, I think, tend to think like, okay, you use your wood for vegetable and your and your plastic for meat because you can put plastic in the dishwasher. It's going to get more sterilized. The science comes down equally on both sides of that, um, that the nicks that go into the plastic because of the, your knife use, mm-hmm. um, can actually end up harboring more bacteria than a wood cutting board will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some studies say the complete opposite. So here, here's my like common sense advice. Use what you like, use what you feel most comfortable with, use what feels right to you. Um, because Unless it's glass and like right, right but not glass. We already we already eliminated glass from the and marble from the um, the discussion. It's going to ruin your knives. It's glass sounds terrible. Have you ever cut anything on a glass cutting board? Oh, I've horrible. done it. It's it's, ter- it's the worst feeling in the world. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really, really bad. Um, so, but we want to talk about the the rules of the wood cutting boards because the rules of the plastic are easy. You can chuck them in the dishwasher. Well, actually, I wouldn't put them on chuck the, them in the dishwasher. Put them on the top top rack. The heat element is on the bottom. That's what that's what people do wrong with the the oh. um, plastic ones. Yeah, and the thing is, the problem that comes in is that if it's a tall cutting board, you, you might not be able to put it on the fit bottom. it. Yeah, yeah. So don't... I've seen a lot of plastic cutting boards that are labeled dishwasher safe come out of the dishwasher b- bent. Yeah. So yeah, and I, that's because the heating yeah. element is on the uh, on the bottom of the washing mm. machine. So can I can safe. I can I add something? Yes. Um, common sense. Don't buy a cutting board that doesn't fit in your sink or you yes. will never get it really clean. <laughs> yeah, that is a very, very good common sense one. Um, okay, so here here are the, the do's and don'ts of the wood cutting boards. Uh, we've already talked about don't submerge it in water. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to cause warping, splitting, mildewing. Dry it, towel dry it immediately after you've washed it. And then keep it out, as Leslie said, in the air to air dry. Towel drying is not going to completely dry it. But you also don't want it sitting out, sopping wet, and to air dry. So towel dry, then air dry. Um, don't put it in the dishwasher. We talked about this. The heat is going to cause the wood to split, warp. We don't want that. Um, if you're using a wood cutting board for carving meat... 
don't allow the blood to pool on the board for an extended period of time. So either carve the meat on the wood cutting board and transfer it to a non-porous serving plate or carve it, move it over, rinse the blood away and then put it back. If you want to serve on your wood cutting board and you know, some people sort of rustic-y, but the pool, it's it's just going to absorb and then you're going to have blood stains, which are as regular readers and listeners of mine know, are, you know, notoriously tricky to take out. They're not impossible. Um, If you get blood stains on your cutting board, use the hydrogen peroxide for that. Hmm. That's what, Part, sorry, Daniel, for what I'm about to say. That's what the ladies use for getting the blood out of our undies once a month. Hydrogen it's peroxide. True. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel! I want to be, I want to belong. <laughs> um, okay, and then the, and then the last one we've, we've already talked about, use a board oil um, to condition. Daniel likes the mineral oil. Leslie likes the booze conditioner, beeswax conditioner. You can also use coconut oil. You want to stay away from... Um, uh, like olive oil and other oils that that will spoil quickly because what's going to happen is they're going to spoil on your board and yeah. you're going to have a really rancid smelling board. So that's going to be no fun at all. Um, so I, you know, we're we're actually we're just about wrapped up on that note. I think. Do you guys have any other little tidbits to add about cutting boards? Uh, yeah, I was talking yeah, to Kevin Purdy <laughs> about this. Oh, Kevin, my toilet he, brush friend. Yeah, he also wrote the cutting board guide. So I was having a conversation <laughs> with him over Slack. Uh, he was telling me about grooves and, and, you know, how to, you know, throw it away when the grooves get too deep. And he, you know, and I said, but isn't all of this moot if you just wash it between tasks? He's like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my whole thing is just wash it between tasks. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So here's it. I'm with you. <laughs> that I'm, actually, I'm really, I'm glad you said that because it, I wanted to circle back to something that Daniel said about the smells. Like it shouldn't, if you're washing it, it shouldn't happen. So here's the thing though. The reason that it's happening is that what people are doing is they're, they're cutting their garlic and their onion. They're setting their cutting board aside they're cooking their whole meal. They're eating their whole meal. Mm. And then they're going back. Mm. And they've got a cutting board that's then sat for, let's say, like two hours. Just soaking it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you want to avoid the onion and strawberry problem, um, yeah. Ri- wa- I mean, if you can wash it right after you've used it, great. Or if you can at least rinse it right yeah, after you've used it. Just give it a rinse. Just give exactly. it a rinse. It's like the knife. Just stick it under the Set. faucet and, and then, get the all up. you need. And then your hands are going to be wet and you're going to remember a trick and you're going to go, oh, I might as well just wash it. My hands are wet already. <laughs> ah, we just went full circle. It's so exciting when that happens. Um, so on that note, we're going to wrap up a huge thank you to my guest today, Daniel Gritzer of Serious Eats and Leslie Stockton of The Sweet Home, two of my favorite sites because they both somehow managed to be even more obsessive than I am, which is so neat. I love nerds. Uh, thanks also to my engineer, Liz Smith, and to our sponsor, Copper and King. Today's music was provided by Rectech. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing on Acast or iTunes, leaving a rating, and telling your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so very much. And of course, thank you to you, my listeners, for joining me for another episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast.
listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.